This Fab FM podcast is proudly brought to you by Bendigo Bank, Port Douglas and Mossman. Offering a full range of competitive banking products and technology you'd expect from a big bank with the personal service and care you'd expect from us. Bendigo Bank, the better big bank. We brought a fellow with us that you folks enjoyed so much here the other time. and We're happy that we could bring him back to the program. A fellow that writes just as many songs as most anybody in the country and sings them just as well when it comes to the country style of singing. Hank Williams. Thank you, Roy. I've got a song here that I'd like to do that's been awful kind to me and the boys. It's bought us quite a few beans and biscuits. This is the best song we've ever had uh, financially. A little tune called Cold, Cold Heart. I try so hard, my dear, to show that you're my I was delighted to learn that Craig McLaughlin was returning to the stage in a great production of the, well, not so much the life of Hank Williams, but celebrating the artist himself on that very last night that he was on the earth. It was 1953, a very stormy, snowy night, and 29-year-old Hank Williams died in the back of a limo. Now Craig's show, Nobody Lonesome For Me, celebrates Hank Williams. And it's a return to the stage for Craig McLaughlin after a very, very dark period in his life. Now, his partner, Vanessa, Vanessa Scammell, is directing the production. So it's a real team effort. A great bunch of uh, musicians, uh, production people behind him. Unfortunately, due to the COVID well, fluid situation of border closures, non-border closures, uh, restrictions, blah, 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 blah. The production has sort of been put on hold at the moment. We'll find out more from Craig himself here on Making an Eggs for Breakfast. Good morning, Craig. Oh, it's lovely to be having Making an Eggs with you this morning. <laughs> now, now, the listeners know, I mean, I've told them that I discovered you. I think that's probably a little over the top, but... When I was at your school, when I was uh, with Willisie at seven, this uh, this very handsome young man walked up and talked to me and said, Paul, how do I get into showbiz? What do I do? And of course, I gave you uh, so much advice and you obviously listened because the rest is history. Yes, I did listen very carefully. That was kind of like, that was like my Elvis Colonel Tom Parker moment, Paul. <laughs> right. Are you, are you comparing me with Tom Parker? You're much nicer and better looking than Colonel Tom Parker, but but do you know do you, do you know Paul? True story. When you guys came up to the central coast of New South Wales to cover that school musical production, which had been written by a couple of the school teachers, if you recall, an English teacher and math teacher, and there was a little bit of a little bit of interest in it, and there was some heat in it. You guys came up, having you come up to the coast to cover that story was if I can use the old uh, it was bigger than Ben-Hur we were talk in the district on the coast we were talking about Paul Macon coming to the coast not just for days Paul for years and we're still talking about it well well imagine now it's so reversed because if you were coming up to Port Douglas to this beautiful region they'd be saying Craig McLaughlin's in town who the bloody hell's Paul Macon <laughs> we say Craig McLaughlin's coming in town that's the fella Paul Beacon discovered back in 1980. Aha! I've got it on tape! 
I've got I'm going to replay that. Listen, Craig, it is so nice to talk with you. And uh, I really want to talk about some positive things because there's been a lot of negative stuff around the place. And I want to talk about positive stuff because I was so delighted when I heard the news that you were doing this stage production. And we'll, I, there is talk about it being a little bit postponed because of this craziness of COVID. But when, yep. I, when I heard you were doing this Hank Williams uh, stage play, I was delighted, but it was just, it, it was not what I would thought Craig McLaughlin would have done first up, and it really surprised me, and I think it surprised a few people. Uh, so why Hank Williams as your uh, your stage, this stage production you're doing? Well, it's it's really interesting, isn't it? And, uh, and I suppose, I mean, you're right, you're right, Paul, it's not even something I would have imagined myself necessarily doing, but... What was really interesting about it, as as you probably remember from all those years ago, as a kid, I I started playing guitar as a seven-year-old kid, and my guitar teacher, all the material that I first learned as a as a young guitar player, a lot of it was country, western, and early rock and roll. So it was all stuff out of the very early fifties, and a lot of it was Hank Williams. So tucked away in the back of my guitar playing DNA. There's all this Hank Williams material. So when I was approached about the Hank play, it immediately ticked a whole bunch of boxes for me nostalgically about, you know, my history as a, as a young kid learning guitar and the sorts of songs that I learned. And then the more I delved into, I mean, I knew a little bit about, you know, the legend of Hank Williams, but as I delved into his life story, um, I became really, really intrigued and it became a much, much bigger conversation with the producers. One thing led to another and we all looked at each other and went, you know what, let's do this. Not only will it be entertaining, certainly challenging because basically it's just me on stage with a guitar and, and kind of letting you in on Hank's life. And what's really interesting about the play, Paul, is it's based on what we know of Hank's last night. <laughs> on this planet before he sadly passed. Yeah. So there's a, there's a tremendous emotional element to the play as well, which I could certainly relate to. Yes, and it was that night, and if I can remember correctly, um, he'd you know there was quite a snowstorm at the time. It it was the end of 1952. It was basically the beginning of 1953, January 1st, and uh, Hank Williams passes away at the incredible <laughs> at the incredible age of 29. He he always looked older, but I guess that was because of the abuse of the alcohol and what have you. But you know, at 29 years of age, he wasn't long on the planet, was he, with his uh, with his wonderful music and his wonderful style? No, that's right. And you're spot on, Paul, if we, if we, which we can do now, we can, you know, jump on the old computer, get online, get on the internet and find these clips of Hank performing when he was in his 20s. He looked, he looked way older than his years. And something I didn't know, I mean, I knew, you know, I'd read various things over the years about Hank Williams and the uh, drug and alcohol abuse. I didn't know he had spine bifida. And I didn't know that the guy was in physical agony all the time and uh, was medicating with every kind of painkiller known to man just so he could stand up and strum his guitar. And, of course, as we, as we now know, it's a slippery slope, isn't it, when you start to attempt to manage pain yourself with medication. So 
you're absolutely right. He looked decades older than he actually was. And, and he's another great talent. We we lost way too young. We did. And, and when you think of Hank Williams, I mean, Hank Williams Sr., he, he was an amazing influence on so many people. Some of the people that he influenced, now this is a, a pretty fine list, Elvis Presley, Johnny Cash, Chuck Berry, Jerry Lee Lewis, George Jones, George Strait, Charlie Pride, the Rolling Stones. And look, you could go on and on and on, uh, maybe even the Beatles and John Lennon and Paul McCartney. I mean, just an amazing artist. And to bring him to life on the stage, I mean, it's a huge responsibility for you, Craig, but obviously one you, mm. you're very happy to take on. Oh, look, I just, yeah, relish, relish the chance to do it. It's amazing, isn't it, Paul, to sort of catalogue the artists who have covered um, Hank's songs. And even, you know, I, I remember, gosh, it, it wouldn't have been long after I first met you all those decades ago, 1980, I think it was, when I started working in my first professional, you know, club and pub band, just as a, just as a jobbing rhythm guitarist and backing vocalist, even the songs that I'd have to learn uh, from artists like, and some of our listeners will recognise this name, George Thorogood and the, the Destroyers. George Thorogood is known for his gritty, down and dirty rock and roll. And the first songs of George Thorogood's I ever learnt, which I thought were George Thorogood songs, I've since discovered Hank Williams songs. So there's even artists out there, we don't, we don't even realise we're being actually inspired by Hank. <laughs> because these other artists have made his songs and his material so very much their own. It is a big responsibility, Paul, if you're taking on a role like this. Do you remember, I don't know if you remember, when the actor Martin Shaw came out to Australia a couple of years after uh, Elvis uh, sadly passed, and he performed in a play about, um, you know, those last weeks of Elvis's life. I remember that very well. Yeah. I remember Martin saying the same thing you know I, I felt such a responsibility to respectfully present Elvis uh, on the stage if, if we were to look at a shot of Martin from George Gently or any of his UK you know the British cop shows that he did you wouldn't necessarily equate him as someone who could play Elvis they certainly look nothing alike and I went and saw the play at the time and, and he just he how do I say this you believed, you know, 10 minutes into the play, you believed you were in the uh, <laughs> the presence of the king of rock and roll. So if I can get close to, you know, portraying Hank honestly and authentically, then, then I'll be happy with that. It's not an impersonation, of course. It's, it's, it's just sort of to get what sort of person he was up on stage uh, across. But when you look back at that story that night, I, I, can, put, put my, I can put myself into that, uh, that limo. Now, he had a bloke called Charles Carr. He was a college student. He was driving him around to the concerts. And, of course, they were on their way um, and pulled up at a roadside restaurant. Uh, Hank refused uh, food. He fell asleep in the back seat. A Charles Carr drove on until he stopped at a service station in West Virginia and realised that Hank was dead. When the news came out, people were thinking it was a joke. I Trying to remember, you know, going back to when JFK was shot, that was big big for me. I remember where, we, where I was. When Elvis mm. Presley died, when Diana mm. died, mm. that was their moment in America. The night Hank Williams died, it was huge. 
Yeah, oh, very much so. Yeah, and it and it's interesting, isn't it, Paul? Hank Williams is passing. I, I read some stuff online as well about um, at the time, you know, Americans believing it was some kind of prank, almost like an April Fool's uh, prank. And uh, you know, sadly, as as we all know, uh, it, it was no prank. Well, Craig, I'm just looking forward to seeing the show. Now, let's clear something up with this show. Uh, we're getting mm. getting reports it's been postponed, and I, I could understand that because with all this COVID, you don't know whose borders shot and what, what. What's the latest with that? Yes, well, COVID has struck uh, the Hank show, and, and as we've subsequently learnt, various other productions are having to rethink their schedules. The producers got wind as situate, COVID situations were escalating in Sydney and in the various states. Um, when you weigh up the costs of trucking everything to the various cities, suddenly if you've got to go into quarantine, it throws the dates into chaos anyway that they were putting on sale in the various theatres. So, so the very uh, difficult, because we're also damn excited about it, quite frankly, but, but the difficult and right decision was made that until we've got a handle on this COVID thing, we're just going to have to reschedule. So rest assured, we will be coming to you and, and come hill or high water, uh, I'll do my damnedest to get way up north to you guys as well. But, um, but it's just the COVID has thrown... And I've actually spoken to some producer friends of mine involved with other shows. They're all in the same boat. I mean, as you'd be aware only too well, Paul, it's a really difficult time for the, the arts. They are tough times, but we are determined to to uh, move forward when we can. And I can probably just give this little teaser away. We're actually exploring doing something using the available technology to bring a little slice of Hank to uh, Australia and the world ahead of getting the green light to get back to the theatres. So when I can give you more details, Paul, my very own personal Colonel Tom Parker, <laughs> you'll be the first you'll be the first phone call I make to Ooh, you and Alex. Good stuff. Yeah. Oh, that's terrific. So we may be we apart from the sneak peek, we may see the show next year or you're doing your darndest if things change it could be later in the year absolutely but certainly we've spoken to a, a bunch of our uh, theater owner friends and certainly the new year theaters will be available to us you know all things <laughs> keeping all our fingers and toes crossed that this nasty doesn't morph into something even more horrendous but um if things improve uh, dramatically, we may even get up and ro- get up and rolling again prior to that. But certainly, certainly, all things being equal, we'll be with you rescheduled early in the new year. Fantastic. Well, Craig, uh, congratulations. I, I can't wait to see you in this production. And if I have to fly somewhere, bus somewhere, get in a, a car and drive, I, I will get there because I just want to see you doing this. I think it'll be a marvellous performance. Can I wish you the best of luck, Chookers, for the, for the night, the opening night, whenever that is? Because I think you're one of Australia's greatest talents and you're one of the, and I'm not just pissing in your pocket, mate, you're one of the nicest people I've ever met and one of the most respectful and charming people I've ever met. And folks, just because he is my personal <laughs> Colonel Tom Parker, I didn't pay him to say that. But Paul, let me just give you a little a bit of this. Oh, oh my sunshine, my only sunshine.
You may be happy when God's great. You'll never know, dear, how much I love you for making me. But you do it with my sunshine away. Hang on a minute. <laughs> Oh, and that's a ukulele, Paul. Oh, I'm going to sign you up, son. I'm, I tell you what, <laughs> that's what I was hoping for. I can make you a star, boy. <laughs> I, I believe can, you. Yeah, I can make you a star. Do you, you just stick with me, boy? <laughs> <laughs> All right, Craig McLaughlin. Thank you so much, and you too. Take care, and uh, we'll see you when we see you. You bet. We'll talk soon, Paul. All the best, mate. Thank you.